Well, church, I don't know about you, but I, um, I feel as giddy as a kid in a candy shop this morning, and so I hope that I speak in a way that you can hear and understand. But um, we are so excited to uh, start this new year. Happy New Year. Uh, and the thing that we've said um, this last week, and we've been talking a lot as a staff, is we're going to do two things this year. I know, right? It's easy. It's two things. You should be able to remember that uh, all year, and you're going to hear it all year. There's two things that we are going to do at Pine Lake. We're going to find, we're going to follow Jesus. And um, that was just became evidently clear uh, more and more, I think, just over the years, but um, especially uh, just this last few months. And then this last week, um, just kind of, uh, if you don't know if you've ever had this, where, the, where God or the Holy Spirit just kind of hits you across the head and says, I've been saying this for a long time, dummy. Thanks for listening. But my son came up... Um, during our bedroom routine, and so we, we get dressed, you know, do uh, hair and teeth, right, get our PJs on, and then we read a book, and then we say our prayers, and we go to bed. And after reading the book, my son comes up to me um, after putting his book away, and he sits on my lap, but instead of, like, laying on top of me uh, with his back, and, and he, like, gets face-to-face, puts his, both of his hands on my cheek and says, Daddy, can you get rid of this? At a time I had a beard. So if this is the first time meeting you, you're like, what did he get rid of? But it was like, I had a beard and he was like, can you get rid of this? And I said, why? And he goes, so that you can look like me. And I was like, oh man, that is so cute. Of course, I want to look like my son. I want my son to feel like he has a connection with his dad, that he sees himself in me, that I see myself in him. And then as I put him to bed, I walked out, closed the door, and then all of a sudden, it was in that moment as I was just recounting this with my wife, I just said, that wasn't just my son. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to say, what in the world do you need to, as the pastor, as a follower, disciple of Jesus, what do you need to shave off of your life in order to look like Jesus? And I thought in that moment, and I've been thinking on it the last like week and a half, and it's not like my son didn't ask me, nor has God asked me to cut off a limb or cut off legs so that I really look like him, short. It wouldn't take that much. I'm not very tall, so my son and I would very quickly look at the same height. But Jesus isn't asking you to take off limbs. Just what is a little thing off of your face? What is a, just a little thing in your life that you need to take to look like him? And we thought about, and I thought about this, and as we talked about this this week, is that we're talking about, for the next seven weeks, about the Holy Spirit. And in this, what we're asking you to make room for, by shaving a little something off of your life to make room for God, we're not just like a church that says, giving you an idealized version of what it looks like to follow Jesus. This next seven weeks is a walkthrough of what that actually looks like. When you make room for God to find and to follow him, what does it actually look like to make room for the Spirit? For the Spirit to speak, for the Spirit to move, for the Holy Spirit, the forgotten God of the Trinity— to work in and through your life. And for some of you, you're like, wow, we're talking about Holy Spirit. Are we talking about some mysticism, some like really high out there and magical? No, this is the person of God in the form of the Holy Spirit who is here now and in this place. And I want to tell you something very clearly as we start this series off. That you and I, that we need the Holy Spirit to find and follow Jesus. I will say it even even further, that we need the Holy Spirit to find and follow Jesus, and actually, you cannot find and follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. 
If you're engaged in a relationship with following Jesus or calling yourself a disciple or this thing called Christianity or this religion you feel like it is, in this futile and you feel like it's going nowhere, because I bet maybe we need to open ourselves up to the Spirit and what it looks like to find and follow Jesus. And so this morning, we're going to be um, in John chapter 16. And so if you want to turn with me to that, whether you have a physical Bible or it's um, on a phone, we really love engaging the Word, seeing it with each of us in our eyes. It'll also be on the screen. So this is John chapter 16, uh, starting in verse 7. And this is what it says. But very truly, I tell you, It is good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will provide the world to be, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can no longer see me where you, can no longer, where you can see me no longer and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he comes, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Will you join me in prayer this morning? Holy Spirit, you are the presence of the living God right here. And I ask that you make space in our lives, space where we are not ready yet to hear from you, know and learn about you, to obey whatever it is. God, make room in our lives that you become more front and center to who we want to become, to who we want to listen God, make space in the seats between us. Make space in all around us that you unify us as one body under Jesus. God, we are your people. You are our God. Open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to know and to love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Church, I don't know about how you're feeling. We've been talking a little bit this morning, but maybe you've seen us talking about Holy Spirit. And I wonder if some of you are excited. Some of you are a little nervous. Some of you are wondering, like, what we're teaching about. Maybe some of you in here, whether you want to believe it or not, maybe you feel like this. Right? Like anybody, like if we're going to be honest, like we talk about being an honest and transparent church. Like I found this a couple of years ago uh, as I was leading our students um, in Connecticut through. And I was like, man, God has a plan for your life. And it's like, sometimes you're like, that sounds all good. But then when you say like, yes, I want God's plan, the Holy Spirit's like, let's go. Like, I don't know if any of you are roller coaster people. I like Disney because the roller coasters are a little tame. Um, and I usually, if I'm going to Six Flags or something, I chicken out by the time I'm getting in line because it's just too big. I see and my mind goes places. And that's me as a kid. 
on a roller coaster. I don't like it, but I'm always paired up with the person that's like, yes, yes, yes. And like, I'm like, no, no, no. And I'm just trying to hold it in from, from throwing up and blowing chunks and just like being that person on, on the theme park. But I'm actually so excited for what God, like we're, what we're trying to do is not do what roller coasters do. I'm not trying to take you from zero to a hundred, right? That's where y'all like stomachs gets turned upside down. We're going to go easy. We're going to get on like the mine train at Disney and we're just going to have a little fun time uh, this morning because I want to encourage you with this. If this is the first time like you're really like thinking about what does it actually look like when we talk about finding and following Jesus, but through the Holy Spirit, what does that mean for us? Like how do you, how do you understand that the Holy Spirit is actively a part of us finding and following this person, Jesus? Well, I want to tell you this, that this morning, the Holy Spirit is the catalyst of finding and following Jesus. In everything that you do to find and follow Jesus, everything, the Holy Spirit is the catalyst, is the one that starts the momentum, that starts the engines, that pushes you there and gets you from the moment of um, where you're stuck into movement, that the Holy Spirit is the catalyst. It is the thing that you need to move towards finding and following Jesus. It is everything. The Holy Spirit, from the moment where you didn't know anything about who God was, the Holy Spirit was the one that started moving you in the directions towards contemplating, to understanding, to knowing, to falling in love with this person, Jesus. To the, the catalyst of the Holy Spirit was the one who said, man, I'm living a life in contrary to the way that I see Jesus live and the way that God, that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes you to that moment where you recognize your sin and the way that it keeps you from God. And now that you want to come and say, Jesus, I want you not only to be my savior. Yes, but I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be the one that guides my life through the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is also the catalyst that takes what you have done and what you, what, I mean, what you know and what you read and what you learn and move, put it into action. The Holy Spirit is the catalyst that takes the knowledge and then begins the life to look like one that is righteous, right? He says that, uh, Jesus says in there, right, not only sin, but righteousness, which is just a big word for living the right way, living the way of God, the way of love. The Holy Spirit is the one, is the person of the Trinity that is imparting the movement of your life from not knowing God to knowing God to being transformed by God to be living for God. The Holy Spirit, every moment in your life right now, as you have had this encounter with Jesus right now, every moment that your individual story has pushed yourself towards Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit that is the catalyst. And so let me tell you this good news. You are in relationship with the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not. Like, that's good news. Like, however in the world is that, the, that someone is working for your good if you don't even know them? That is not practical in our life. You have to know someone to, for them to work for your good. But the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not, has been working in your life and will still work in your life. The Holy Spirit is the catalyst. But for some of us, that makes us nervous. I don't see this thing that is working in my life that pushes me towards Jesus. Right? That made the disciples nervous. And Jesus even mentioned it here in verse 16. He goes, it's good that I go away. Like, I wonder if Jesus, like, we just keep reading it, but I wonder if Jesus, like, and he's told them multiple times, I'm going away. I'm like, 
your best friend's leaving, that'd make me nervous. That has made me sad. That has, when I've, when we've left friends in different churches, that makes me sad, makes me wonder, makes me like, how am I going to live any longer if I don't have you in my proximity? But the Holy Spirit isn't about proximity. The good news is that Jesus was saying that you need to get off the dependence of my physical presence with you, or my, in proximity with me, to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is about his presence, not the proximity. This is why it was good that Jesus had to go away. That because only the people that were following him were the ones that were in proximity to him. But now by his leaving, that he says, I'm going to send one that says, it's no longer your proximity to me that tells me how well you're following me. But it's now the Holy Spirit which is indwelled in you. That you are close to God, not by that proximity which you get to Jesus or you get to church or you get to, to God's word. It's by the presence of the Holy Spirit which pushes you in relationship with him. I think about that. Like how good of the news that is, is to say that like your proximity is not what matters. And I heard, and as I was prepping for this, I heard a coach that was working with um, an individual, right? It's the new year, and how many of you have, like, maybe signed up for a gym membership? Anybody? Or started the first couple weeks, or started, you've been going to the gym, you've been noticing a lot of new faces. Like, but that's what coaches do. Like, and I was listening, I was like, how does this work out? And he was saying, like, the way that I'm coaching my friend, or this person, is saying this. How would you get them to start becoming someone who works out in their life? You would say, like, that first day, go show up, get onto the cardio, 30 minutes of cardio, 30 minutes of lifting weight, and have a good time. He said, no. My coaching to that person was go, go in your workout clothes, show up, scan your card, walk in, look around maybe for five, ten minutes, and then go home. And then the next day... Come in, in your workout clothes, scan your card, walk around, maybe get familiar with what the gym has, where the cardio, where the weightlifting, where the free weights are, where the machines are, and then go home. And then do the next day. Maybe walk around the track if they have one. Maybe ask questions to the people that work there. And then go home. And I was like, why in the world are you doing that? Because often what they're trying to do is to get people in the rhythm and the practice of not going from zero to a hundred. So they say that person works out the first couple weeks and they paid for a full year membership and then they never engage it again after week two. You know those people? I was one of them. Right? Like you go in and like, oh man, I ate too much. I got to get in the gym. And then it's like a month later, it's like, how's that gym membership going up? It's fifteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> yep. That's my life. This is what we're trying to do is saying like, what we're trying to do is to say, we want you to not just like go from zero to a hundred, but to start engaging the spirit. This is what we means like we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk with Jesus. We walk with Jesus and we walk with the Holy Spirit, not just only being in proximity to the body, being proximity to Jesus, but being in the presence of the Holy Spirit, being in the practice of being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because I know that some of you might be like, I sat there quietly for an hour trying to pray and to, and to hear from God and I didn't hear anything. We went from zero to a hundred. 
great for you. Nobody prays for an hour. Awesome. <laughs> I don't do that. Uh, but the thing is that we get discouraged. And so one of the things that we want to talk about this morning is that the Spirit is here. The Spirit is in you that is all around you. It is in one another. The Spirit is in the space between you, all those empty seats, that the Spirit is filling the, the whole space of this sanctuary. The Spirit is here. The Spirit is leading you, whether you know it or not. And that's the good news. But this morning, like, as a church, we're making a little shift. And it might be weird. But we're not about just talking to you, speaking to you, telling things that you should do. No, that's not what we're about here, Pine Lake. We're about practicing together. We're about putting into practice being with the Spirit, learning how to be in the Spirit. I don't want to just tell you what you should do and then hope you do it. We're going to practice this together. It might feel weird. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a moment, and we're going to practice this right now. I want you to take whatever posture. This might feel weird whether you're in the room or you're online. But we're going to practice this right now. What good would it be if we talked for another hour about how to engage the Holy Spirit and never engaged it? It'd be what Jesus got so frustrated with the Pharisees about. And I don't want to be a Pharisee. I can't be Jesus. I'm not a Pharisee. I want to be a disciple. And the disciples listen. So we are going to listen. And the hard truth about it is, before we listen, is this is the hard truth that I tell you. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. The question is, are you listening? I feel like that is apparent all the time. Like I'm trying to talk to my kids, and they're not listening. And when I'm a, when I'm a good parent and not a bad parent, I just speak in a normal way. When I'm a bad parent, I'm yelling. And I'm going to tell you one thing. The Spirit isn't going to yell at you. Spirit is going to be like the Father, a good, good Father, and He's going to wait for you to listen. Just like my kids, like I said sometimes, like, are you listening? Are you listening? Well, I will wait for you until you're listening. Because I don't want to yell at you. I don't want in my yelling at you to have a different emotive response to me that is fearful. I will wait on you. Oh man, think about that. You have a good God that's not going to yell at you so that your response to Him and to Jesus is this, but to say, I'll wait on you wait on you to speak. So the question is, the Holy Spirit's speaking, but are you listening? And so what I want you to do now is whatever posture you need to take, take. And I'm going to read something. And I want you to listen to the Spirit. And this means like just listening. And after we get through this little section, if you need to write it down, write it down with the Spirit. If the Spirit says nothing, guess what? Let me tell you a secret. That's okay. Because our God and the Holy Spirit isn't a genie that every time you rub the lamp, it appears. When you finally come after 10 years of hiding from God and you show up one time at the temple and say, speak, God isn't like, oh my gosh, thank you for showing up. So take whatever posture. Maybe you need to receive it like we do often with our hands out. Maybe you close your eyes. Maybe you find a posture where you lean back and close your eyes and just feel relaxed. But I want you to listen. Relax and listen. Listen. 
Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you are there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, Oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they are the same to you. Oh, yes. You have shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you. Hi, God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I had even lived one day. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you now. And you might not recognize his voice. And that's okay. We're going to talk about that. But we want to be in the practice of putting ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the way that we're going to do that as a church is we're going to talk about one thing that I want you to start doing every week. Is we're going to start a thing called 929 Challenge. And that simply means at 9 a.m., at 2 p.m., and at 9 p.m., we want you to say this phrase. Holy Spirit, I am listening. Speak. And we're going to remind you weekly to initiate this practice in your life that puts you in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in the presence of a God who wants to be in relationship with you. And so right now, I want you to practically do this. I'm not going to hope that you do it later. I've already done it. I thought that this morning, this already happened to me. 9 a.m., an alarm went off and said, Holy Spirit, I'm listening. Speak. And I thought it was funny. Like, how terrible of a pastor would I be if I snoozed the Holy Spirit at 9 a.m. when I was about to talk about it? Like, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, don't snooze the Holy Spirit. I want you to do this right now. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. On your phones right now, pull them out right now. Wherever you have alarms. I want you to create three alarms. You online as well. Three alarms. 9 a.m., 2 p.m., and 9 p.m. When your day has really started, you're in the midst of your day at 9 a.m., when things are already happening, I want you just to pause, make room, shave off some space, five seconds, to keep walking wherever you are. Maybe you're working, and you're st- but you just pause. Maybe you're walking from class, or you're in class, and you're still watching the teacher 
or you're in a meeting and you're listening to your boss, whatever it is. Or maybe you're home and you got kids around you crazy. Just sit there with your kids and pause for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, I am listening. Speak. And then at two o'clock, the same thing's going to go off in the midst of your day. No, this is the goodness. Oh my goodness. This is the faithfulness of God. Because even if you screwed it up at 9 a.m., guess what? It comes around at two again. And you have the opportunity to be in the presence of the Spirit, even though you got it wrong. Even though you did that slide up snooze Jesus. Snooze the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm with you. You're, we're in this together. Done it. Don't feel shame. I've done it so many times. Two o'clock, it comes around again. Snooze him again. Guess what? At nine o'clock, it comes around again to end your day saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I am listening. I don't want us to be... Jesus doesn't want you, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be a follower of Jesus that just snoozes him and doesn't act. Nor does he want you to feel the guilt and the shame that if you do it wrong once, you never have an opportunity again. Kill that lie right now in your life. Absolutely right now. It dies today. That God and the Holy Spirit can't speak to you because you've snoozed him too many times. It's done. It's over. Jesus didn't die so that you could just hold on to that shame and that lie. Nor did he die so that we could be empty vessels without the spirit that just walks around like zombies. He says, no, the same spirit that was before all creation and breathed in life into all of the cosmos, the same power in the Holy Spirit that brought life to Jesus' dead lungs is the same spirit that lives in you right now. You are not an empty vessel. You are one filled with the same power of the Holy Spirit that birthed all of creation in the cosmos and the same one that breathed life into dead lungs that had never been done before. That same spirit lives in you. And that same spirit lives in you even if you get it wrong. Even if you don't know how to recognize the voice. This is what we're about, church. Our job as followers of the Holy Spirit, as followers of Jesus, finding and following Jesus, is to tune in to the voice of the Spirit so that He can do only what He can do to move us from those who are far from God to those that have an intimate relationship with the Spirit. Would you pray with me? Father, I just pray for whoever feels like this is going to be another religious exercise of futility. Who fear that I've done this before and nothing's changed. Jesus, would you show up through the Holy Spirit that you have sent into those that feel like nothing's going to change? And would you remind them who you are? You're the one above all creation. And you're the one that created all of us.
and how a God like that will never leave us void or empty. God, I pray that you will send the Holy Spirit in Pine Lake to do the things that only you can do. To say that not for our own glory, to say Pine Lake is a church that's doing it. But Pine Lake is finally showing the world, its neighbors, its friends, its family, what it actually looks like to live a life as disciples of Jesus empowered through the Holy Spirit today. God, may the same spirit that stood with you in creation, that will stand with you at the end of time when all of us are surrounded as a cloud of witness proclaiming that you are God. May we cling to that spirit. We ask this in your name. Amen.